music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week on the show, we are very excited to welcome English recording artist Kenya Grace. We're going to talk about her hit song, Strangers, which has gone to number one in the UK, which makes Kenya only the second British female artist to have written, performed, and produced her own number one hit song in the UK. This really is an amazing accomplishment, and we cannot wait to spend some time with her. We're then joined by our music editor, Sharon Highland, chatting about the Grammy's 50th anniversary celebration of hip-hop and why certain artists decided not to attend the events. We also discuss if this means that some female hip-hop artists like Queen Latifah and MC Light might now decide to release some new music. Fingers crossed. Follow us on Instagram, Kelly Alexander Show. We are super excited to welcome to the show an amazing UK recording artist, Kenya Grace, whose song Strangers is doing just amazing things, not to mention the rest of her uh, musical output. So Kenya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> so, so first of all, I have to ask you, did a career in music come to you as a child? Like, did you always want to do this? I always wanted to do it. I think ever since I was really, really young, I've loved doing music. Like ever since I first started singing, I started doing like musical theatre and I loved it since then. Obviously it's changed a little bit since doing musical theatre, but yeah, I've always wanted to do it. I feel like it's like the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, uh, did you learn instruments growing up? I did. I had singing lessons when I was really young and I also learned how to play like the keys, like keyboard, piano sort of vibes. But yeah. And now talk to us about um, Strangers, because we have so much to talk about, but I want to get your take on the fact that it just seemed like you came out of nowhere, put the song out on social media, and then it blew up. So can you tell us about how the ride has been the last three or four months? It's been absolutely crazy. I was just thinking the, the other day, um, I feel like in the last three months, I've like achieved more of like my dreams than my whole life, which is crazy. <laughs> But it's been amazing and just like a complete whirlwind, to be honest. But I'm so happy that this song has like connected with so many people. It's just crazy to me still. But yeah. Did you know when you were working on Strangers that it was something special? I had no idea, to be honest. I like it was just like the like all the other songs that I was writing at the time. And I actually preferred a different song that I was writing. I was like, this one is better than that one. But um, yeah, I think I was just like, just did my usual thing and posted it. And then I did notice that um, people started using the sound a little bit more. It was like something was different about this, this time that I posted it, but yeah. And when you posted for the first time, like you, you just posted a little clip, right? And people kind of went bananas for that. Yeah, so I only posted the chorus because um, that's all that I had written at the time, honestly. I literally just wrote that one bit. And then after I posted it, those people messaged me and like some comments and stuff. So I like really rushed to finish the rest of the song. I was like, I need to finish it. <laughs> but yeah. And how quickly did record labels come calling? So I actually signed my deal about, I think it was about two weeks before Strangers. So it was a really good like first song. <laughs> it was crazy actually, but yeah, they've been, they've been so supportive and just great. So it's been amazing. Can you let us know about the musical influences that you have and if they play a part in the music you produce? Because I know I definitely hear 90s sounds in there and I definitely hear like uh, like UK Garage. So can you tell us who you grew up listening to and, and how that's all worked out? 
So I grew up listening. I started going out to like drum and bass and UK garage when I was like in my teenage teenage years. Um, it's huge in the UK. It's like what everyone goes out to and like all the parties will be like someone DJing that kind of music. Um, so I definitely was surrounded by that. But I think I've been like quite influenced by Flume and Disclosure and like Chasing Status. And then like vocally, I would say like, Lana Del Rey, probably like the sad, like like the like the amazing like storytelling. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's been like a range of a range of people. <laughs> Have you had a chance yet to meet anybody like from Disclosure or Lana Del Rey or I met Jason Status actually the other day, um, like the other week actually, and that was amazing. I was so excited to meet them. I feel like I've been listening to them for like so long. It's crazy. <laughs> What's it been like too on social media? Because now you have like a gajillion fans, your, you know, your social media numbers keep going up and up and up. Um, how has it been, you know, interacting directly with your fans? And do you feel like a sense of responsibility now because you have such a big platform? Definitely. It's been like, honestly, overwhelming, like seeing more people come, more people message me. It's been insane. I think the best thing that I've done is like, uh, I've been doing shows recently and I've had the chance to like meet them in real life, which has been so amazing. Cause I feel like sometimes on social media, like you, you read messages, but you like, sometimes it kind of just looks like just numbers or whatever. And it's so nice to actually like meet the person like behind the screen, if that makes sense. Um, that's been like really, really special actually. It's like changed everything for me. So good. Have you noticed uh, where a lot of your fans are coming from now? Because obviously I'm sure you have a lot in the UK, but have you noticed other places around the world where you're like, wow, people are starting to love me here too? Yeah, America and here in, in Canada as well. It's really crazy. Like it's literally the other side of the world. It's wild. Like I'm just so excited to meet everyone tonight at my show here tonight. And like, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. <laughs> When I watch your social media posts, you you're often with your instruments, like meaning like your drum pad and all that kind of stuff. Have a lot of people try to hit you up to find out like what you're using and how long you've been working with those types of gear? Yes, I have that message so many times. They're like, what's that beat pad thingy? <laughs> it's like one of my most commonly asked questions. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a machine. Uh, it's like by Native Instruments. It's like a drum machine. Um, they're so fun. I can't like recommend them enough to people who like want to get into like writing and like production. I feel like it's like it makes production kind of more hands on instead of like you're just like putting in notes and putting in like drum hits or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's fun. It's really fun. <laughs> you look like you're a master of disaster when you're on that thing. Like you look like it, it really is an instrument for you. How long have you been using like beatboxes? I've been, hmm. So I started using not that exact model, like a different type, like maybe like two years ago, maybe. And then I got, that was kind of like a, a cross between a keyboard and a drum machine. And then this is like a a drum machine and it's like really really cool and i've had it for about a year i think now but i love it so much i play it play it literally all the time <laughs> so i've fun. noticed also on social media that you you know you're constantly releasing like little snippets of songs and letting us know what you're working on is it important for you to show your audience like kind of what you're doing and how you do it i think so i love doing that it's like my one of my favorite things to post like i think it's it's nice to like show like the work in progress and yeah, just get to see what people think. And I love seeing people's reactions to like little things I've made. It's, yeah, it's fun. Do you have a um, method to your madness when you are working on songs? Like, do you always start with a beat? Do you always start with some chords? Like, how does it work for you? 
yes i always start with the chords and then the beat after that to try and like make it like have a vibe and then lastly i would do the vocal melody and then like finally the lyrics like that's the very end and i usually like will sing a melody and then just like fit random words into the like into the sounds and then it ends up making sense somehow <laughs> <It's crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> do you think now too with the success that you're having do you think you'll be able to stay in the uk or do you want to maybe move to los angeles or somewhere else to continue your career i think i'll probably stay in london um i definitely will like I definitely want to come out and like come to more places, but I love the UK. <laughs> I'm a very British girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you as well, because there's not a lot. I mean, I, I think there's more and more female producers that are doing their thing, but it's not common yet. And mm. so what do you want to tell, you know, a 15 year old girl that's watching this interview right now that wants to do what you're doing? Like what advice would you have for them? I think um, just go for it. Like, honestly, the best thing I ever did was like, just learn how to use logic. Even if you can just do it like in a very basic level, it opens so many doors for you. Like you can just record at any time and like have the power to like release yourself and like do what you want to do and not rely on anyone else. So yeah, even if it's garage band, anything, anything that you like connect with any door. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth it. So I have a couple of quick questions for you before we wrap up, because I want you fans here in Canada to get to know you a little bit better. So uh, who is the uh, person, artist or producer that you would love to collaborate with the most? Uh, it's Flume. I love Flume. Like, I feel like he is like my dream collaboration, literally obsessed. <laughs> and who um, would you love to switch places with for a day, like an artist that just to kind of see what their life is like? uh you know for one day who would it be and why probably like calvin harris i feel like his life is like a dream you're like you have like an amazing house and like go do crazy shows like i thought like that would be amazing <laughs> what is the one thing that is always in your fridge oat milk always i love oat milk in my coffee so yeah that's always there <laughs> and are you uh, a night person or an early bird I feel like I'm a bit of both actually. Like I love going out at night and I love going like, like I feel like nighttime, like life is just, is my like bag a hundred percent. Like I love clubbing and going to bars and stuff, but I feel like I'm actually most productive in the morning, like with writing. So it's like, I'm like a 50, 50, I don't know. <laughs> can you, can you tell your fans what's, what, what is on your phone as your screensaver? It's a picture of my boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> that's great. How, how does your boyfriend deal with the fact that you have like just taken off and like and now we're flying all over the world having to do press and shows and he is like he's a musician as well. So he gets it 100%. Um, and he's like, he's here with me. So it's really it's fun. It's great. <laughs> he loves it. Awesome. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, um, you know, if you could offer up advice again to like you know um a young person who wants to write an album because that's what i'm assuming you're going to be working on next as an ep or something you know along mm -hmm. those lines so do you have a plan of action how that's going to work for you so so far i've only been doing singles which i think is like a great way to start like just releasing like song by song i think it's like great for like building up um uh like the release sort of like plan and then 
next year i'm planning on releasing like a project finally um which i haven't done before which is really crazy but yeah i feel like and any advice i would say is like take your time try lots of things out and then usually for me anyway it's like all these songs i've written over the past like couple of months like they've sort of they're all working together to make the project i didn't even really think about it making a project at the time i just kind of like freely wrote and now they all like kind of work together which is cool it's exciting <laughs> do you have a message for your montreal fans um thank you so much for listening it's crazy that you even know who i am <laughs> um but yeah thank you so much I have to ask you as well, being a radio announcer, where what where were you and how did it feel the first time you heard strangers on the radio? Hmm. Oh, I remember. So my I live like I was at my parents' house in the UK and we heard it then for the first time. And we were literally basically all just like jumping around screaming. So <laughs> and that was like on Radio One in the UK, which is like crazy. <laughs> And I'm I'm imagining too, even though obviously so many people are doing, uh, you know, streaming lists and all that kind of stuff. What does it mean for you to still get radio play, to still be on the radio? It's amazing. I feel like it's it was my dream when I was a, when I was young. Like it's it's so cool, and I feel like it's like a huge market still. It's like it's absolutely massive, and people listen to it all the time. And it's yeah, it's crazy. I feel like that's where everyone shazams everything from as well. Like all this, just I've had like loads of Shazams. I feel like it's all from the radio, which is so cool. Amazing. Well, as a radio announcer, I appreciate that you still want to be on the radio. So that's amazing. Definitely. <laughs> and uh, just before I let you go, thank you so much for doing this. You've been amazing and we wish you all the success and we cannot wait for you to come to Montreal. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Listen anytime, anyplace. Just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com Always happy to welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show, our music editor, Sharon Highland. And I can't believe this, Sharon, but it is the last episode of Kelly Alexander Show uh, for this year. The wow. Festive break. I'm happy to be here then. That's great, because you get a break for a few weeks before I make you come back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poker. Get her ready. Get her ready. Get her ready. Um, so in advance, happy holidays, Sharon. And, and to uh, you, too. Thank you very much. And uh, to all of our listeners, we appreciate you uh, tuning in each and every week. And I wanted to talk to you about this because you actually had the opportunity to watch it. I have not yet, but I know that it's streaming on Paramount Plus, so I will be watching it. But the uh, Grammy celebration of the 50th uh, anniversary of hip hop. Yeah. So you watched it when it aired, uh, even though it was like taped in November, but they aired it in uh, earlier in December. And I feel like they didn't promote it all that well, no, to be honest. They did not, because I only found out about it basically when you're like, are you watching this? And I was not anywhere near being able to watch it. Yeah. I think I got your text after I woke up because I had been asleep <laughs> already. So because you get to bed on time and that's good. Thank you. At least I, I watched most of the whole show and should have been in bed. <laughs> what I love is that you were watching a hip hop show and you had to get um, sleep because you work at a rock station. So yeah. Sharon does all the genres, hence why she has the music editor title here on the Kelly Alexander show. And that's why they, made me, they give me the big bucks, Kel. Yeah, that's why you get chocolate. <laughs> um, so uh, I wanted to start. So I have a couple of questions about the hip hop thing. Um, I first wanted to start, though, with. Uh, the fact that that particular, because it just seems like, and you and I were talking about this on uh, the other podcast that we co-host together, uh, 90s yep. Now with our good buddy, um, Mr. Adam Brisson, mm -hmm. that um, 
you know, throughout the year, there's been multiple celebrations for the 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. This happened to be the Grammys version of it. Um, and many people showed up, including some of our favorite female rappers, oh, like yeah. Latifah and Amoni Love, um, and MC Light. And, and MC Light, yeah. And so... And uh, yes. uh, 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 JJ Fab. Right. And more. Oh. Like, there was a, a whole oh, yeah. ladies that, like, like even people pre-Queen Latifah were there. Oh, yeah. And uh, Queen is- Latifah was... I mean, they were all amazing, but I think you see someone like a Queen Latifah, you see her acting, Mm -hmm. you see her in roles that she's also excellent at, Yeah, but on the mic, she is Queen Latifah. Yeah. You know what? She's, she's most excellent at everything she does, but she's really able to be exactly who she needs to be in whatever the arena and she was amazing on this special and that's what i wanted to ask you about with regards to the ladies uh and specifically queen latifah to be honest with you and mc light um because they have both gone on to have other careers right Mm -hmm. like latifah acting and i believe she's even probably an executive producer on her equalizer show i think you're right and uh and did she win was it a golden globe or she won the oscar for all that jazz back in oh yeah chicago right like for chicago back in yeah 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 Cause she is a, she is a winner of like, I just can't remember if it's golden globes or, or um, an Academy award, but I wanted to bring her, her up specifically because I'm wondering if you think that the fact that she has now been a part of several specials, cause we've seen her perform on several specials mm-hmm. to honor the 50th anniversary. Do you think this will incite her to come back with an album? I think it wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, like she's so like fresh in my mind mm-hmm. and she was so good that night. I mean, you can chalk it up to, uh, I think for some genres of music, they played these songs. If they're in a band, let's say they played these songs hundreds of times and they tour and then whatever. When it comes to, to hip hop, there's a different level of skill that's required mm-hmm. to be able to effectively tell the story they're telling and remember it, you know, mm-hmm. and deliver it in a way that you're like, yeah, you still buy it all these years later. Um, so one would hope that uh, she was bitten again, you know, because she seemed in it like she locked in. She was great. Everybody that performed that night was really on point. So it was amazing. So does that mean an album's coming from her? I, I, I'll hope so. I hope so. When, too. Do, when would she have the time to do it? I don't know the answer to that. Maybe during uh, equalizer hiatus. Yeah. Um, but because, you know, what's interesting with her case specifically is that, so, you know, because she was doing many amazing things in the early 90s, right? Like mm-hmm. UNITY, like just that whole album, Black Rain. Yeah. Um, but then she transitioned fairly quickly into acting because Living Single, I don't remember if that started in 93 or 92, but like it was around there and then went for several seasons. So she was busy being on that show. Yeah. So she kind of transitioned, even though she did do other, you know, musical outputs, uh, you know, in the 90s, but like she transitioned fairly quickly to acting. And then she was in Set It Off, of course, in 1996. Right. And so, and I do think she has a song on that soundtrack, but again, she just transitioned quickly to acting. And so um, I think that got put dormant almost in a way, you know, uh, mm-hmm. even though she was working on some jazz stuff for a while. I remember that also, but it's kind of like in a way like Ellen DeGeneres, like she put uh, stand up comedy on the back burner when she was doing the show for so many years. Yeah. 
So I'm just wondering, and I'm hoping, like fingers and toes crossed, that this will have reignited something in Latifah to get back out there. And my hope also is for MC Light because she also has transitioned into other things, including doing a lot of voiceovers. Like when you watch Hollywood celebrity uh, award shows, that's often her that's doing like coming to the stage now is like, you know, Danny Glover or whatever. Like Nice. So I hope this inspires a lot of the ladies to maybe get back out there. What you, my the takeaway from especially the women was that all of them you were like that's a class act mm-hmm. you know they for, and we talked about this on nineties uh, now just the idea that it's such a male dominated genre mm-hmm. and culture I think that for the women to shine at all it's almost like they have to work harder because it's a it's it's a man's game and it's i mean we can say that about a lot of things and i'm not complaining i'm just pointing out the truth mm-hmm. so you know that they're working really hard to get to be they have to be better in order to be equal yeah. you know mm-hmm. so it, it was really cool to see all of them come out and you're like yeah that oh my god that every it was amazing really good the other part I wanted to ask you about with regards to this Grammy spectacle, as we say in, in Francais here in Quebec, is mm-hmm. that, um, you know, many people showed up to do this Grammy hip hop thing, including uh, a reunion with uh, Will Smith as Fresh Prince with DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Public Eni- Enemy was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the list <laughs> goes on and on. Um, I know new up and coming rappers were there also. Uh, so yeah, the list was just massive, but there were a couple of standout people who did not show up, including MC Hammer and um, KRS-One. And, and we're vocal about it. We're vocal about it. And so I wanted your thoughts on that because uh, for KRS-One, he was very clear in my mind about why he didn't want to be there, which was that he was disillusioned with how the Grammys have treated hip hop for so long. So he was Mm -hmm. like, I'm not gracing you now just because it's cool to have us on the 50th. Which is interesting that he pointed that because I think that, yes, he's right. Mm -hmm. The Grammys often get it wrong. Um, But I don't know that they've been missing out on hip hop for, for the whole time. Certainly they were late to the game. Yeah. Without a doubt. Mm hmm. But I think they've been kind of on board for a little while. Mm-hmm. So it sounded a bit more grudgy for for him. And again, he's entitled to it. He didn't have to go and he didn't go. And that's fine. Uh, for someone like MC Hammer, though, he his definition, I think, is a bit cloudy for both of us. But it was like he didn't want to be in the mix with, you know, old dudes doing yeah. their thing like they used to do when they were young dudes. Yeah. That's the gist of it, because his was very unclear. And as you you and I talked about, there was a video clip of him being at a a Tupac Shakur naming ceremony. I can't remember if it was a street or a park or something they were naming after him uh, in the West Coast in California. So Hammer was there. Yeah, I guess it would have been in Oakland, right? Because that's where Hammer is from. So somewhere around there, um, he was there. And then he was very vocal about how he has been invited throughout the last year to all these hip hop anniversary specials. And he's turned down every single one, including this latest one, which is the Grammys. But yeah, like his reasoning seemed very murky. And it like it was exactly what you said, where it's like he doesn't want to be involved with his fellow contemporaries because it's almost like they're too old to be fronting at this which point. Which is... I, I I find that so interesting, but also kind of disrespectful because what they're at least looking to do, and honestly, watching this thing, you're, I don't think, I don't recall feeling like it was all Grammys all the time. It just felt like a really good hip-hop special that happened. You're like, oh, it's a Grammys thing? Like, it really was, the priority was more on the on the music, on the celebration, 
less about the Grammys. I understand that people don't want to be associated with the Grammys because they usually they have, you know, gaff after gaff. It's not news to them to make a mistake. But it celebrates the roots of it. Like it like the whole special and Questlove was you like know executive producer right? right at the heart of it and and yeah. part of the inviting committee and part of the whole assembly of it all and him talking about mc hammer not not accepting the invitation as being so disappointing mm-hmm. like because of how successful he was and how important he was to to um building the genre a case for being something that could be widespread popular yeah, exactly what you said, because Hammer was, I think, that artist that transitioned. Yeah. Because he was a rapper, but he was a dancer. So that got the pop culture end of things going. And yeah. I'm wondering now that as just as we're talking out of brainwave, you can let me know if you confirm or deny my thoughts on this. But do you think Hammer didn't want to show up in a way because he probably took a lot of heat back in the day because he was like the crossover pop rap artist could be and i'm sh- and i'm sure you know many people made fun of his hammer pants at the time and like all that stuff so i'm sure he wasn't quote unquote hard enough for some of the rappers that just stood behind a microphone and, and spit right so maybe he's like i don't want to be celebrating even though i helped bring the the rap game to the the masses well it's funny though if you're going to be that vocal if that's the case and anything's possible then be clear yeah saying that you you don't want to be you know, with old guys singing the way they used to, that's the whole point is honoring the growth of the genre and how important it was then mm-hmm. and how familiar it is now. Our access to music has exploded. We have, there's nothing that you can't have, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's important too. So all this old stuff, yeah, the people that did it 30 years ago or even 40 years ago or even 50 years ago, yeah. we're all older now, but we did that mm-hmm. and that's what's being honored. That, not that we're still doing it or, or we're trying to go after old glory or anything. It's the fact that it was done. And look, these people are still alive in a lot of cases. They survived the game. And they're here to celebrate. That, I thought, was the whole takeaway, was that, hey, if you're here, let's get together and, and party on this and and remind everybody how great this whole thing is. Yeah, and I think, like you said, I think the ones that did show up, including high-profile acts like Public Enemy, you know? And yeah. And like, so, you know, if they're sort of showing up with, you know, representing themselves, they are obviously giving the green light to the celebration, right? And mm-hmm. so it's kind of odd that Hammer wouldn't show up in a way because the other thing too is if he's, you know, that that whole line or rhetoric of him saying like, I don't want to, you know, be fronting with old dudes. I would also think that, because um, from what I've seen, even like with a Busta Rhymes or whatever, like even though I think Busta has always been nice, but I think, you know, when you're younger, you're like, you know, you're hard, quote unquote. Sure. But I think all these guys now are in their 50s, late 50s, mid 50s, whatever. I think they all are chilling out to a certain degree. And so they would just be grateful to maybe see someone who they might have had a beef with or not. But it's like, we're all past that now. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that happens, I think, in any genre of music. You start out young and you're hungry and you're just you have a point to prove or an axe to grind or or even just something to say, you know, like yeah. it's yeah. it's anything. But you're so keen on making your point. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point in your life, you're like, OK, well, I made that point. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and here yeah. we are this many years later, 50 years later for for the importance of hip hop on on popular culture as its own culture, representative of, of of a culture, it's. I, I felt they honored it very well. 
And it's too bad that other people didn't want to be there. I mean, to each their own. It's their opinion. It's their experience within this greater experience. And they're entitled to it. But I think for fans, I felt lucky to watch it. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you know, it really, it, yeah. it tapped into certain sections of my life and, and my music appreciation. I thought it was really well done. And one of, one of my favorite takeaways was when they showed the crowd. So it's tables for a lot of it. I think there might have been crowd seats further out. So tables of people sitting together and all just like having fun. So they would have whoever from whatever section of, of the states, cause they did it really well geographically. And you saw people just, they'd flash to the crowd of celebrities and they're all singing. So it didn't matter where you were from. Everybody knew these songs. These were either songs that inspired you or songs that, you know, threatened you or made you want to compete or whatever or get better. Uh, But everybody was just celebrating the fact that 50 years in, it's stronger than ever. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was lost in some of the ones who didn't show up, especially knowing, too, that it was LL Cool J and Questlove that were behind this and yeah. were executive producing. And I think we're doing it with the best of intentions. And yeah. as we know, like Questlove has such a great reputation with so many um, black artists, you know, and any artist, but he's particularly strong in the black community. And so I would have thought, like, you're getting an invitation for him. Show up. <laughs> show yeah. up. Your thing. So, you know, whether two other takeaways that weren't there run dmc mm-hmm. and salt and pepper i saw but spinderella was there. spinderella was there salt and pepper not there i wonder what was up with that i haven't heard anything. yeah was tlc there oh they're more r&b right so probably no they weren't there were there okay so but imagine if anybody should have been there and may she rest in peace but left eye she's yeah. one of the best rappers yes period yeah male female doesn't matter period yeah she's she was so good yeah yeah you're right no it's true and so yeah i uh it'll be interesting if anything else kind of comes to light you know in the in the weeks that follow but uh i'm happy it happened and i can't wait to watch the the paramount yeah you will love it i would love it especially because i love queen latif so much and mc light Um, by the way has been on the kelly alexander show which you know sharon and that was such a highlight of my career I had no doubt about that on the show. Just amazing. Um, so Sharon, thank you so much for this. I wish you a happy holiday season and, and, and happy new year. And you'll be back with us. Uh, yeah. Next year in just like two weeks, three weeks. Gladly and happy, of happy holidays. Happy new year. May all things uh, good come your way. Awesome. That is uh, Sharon Highland, our music editor. Don't forget to follow her on Instagram at the Sharon Highland. And of course, uh, make sure to either watch and or listen to our podcast that we co-host together called 90s Now. And you can find us at 90snow.com. The Kelly Alexander Show. There you have it. Another episode of The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. A big thank you to our guests as well, Kenya Grace and Sharon Hyland. My thanks to our producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing a wonderful job putting the show together. And don't forget that you can grab all of our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have an amazing holiday season and wishing you all the best for the new year. We will see you in January. The Kelly Alexander Show.